0: Communication in work, in friendship, in life is so important. And I think so much of it comes down to sometimes misunderstanding our style.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Women Friends. I'm Janine, your host, and it is my honor to have your company with me today. Today, we are shifting gears and talking about career change because... I think there's some indication that the great resignation might be taking a turn. As many of you know, millions of women, including many of yourselves, uh, left the workforce throughout the COVID pandemic, and some of us are going back. Yeah, I've been uh, knocking around ideas for career change myself. Uh, This podcast is one of many projects that I work on. There's a lot actually changing in the air, and I've heard some women are are feeling a little more secure because schools are kind of more reliably open, and so some of us are heading back. And so while today's guest is someone I interviewed several months ago now, I feel like this is the time to really get her message out there. Elena Kennedy is a career coach and professional brand strategist. She helps top executives and people searching for new careers to find the right fit, the right job for them. And she's magic. You guys, she has so much practical advice if you are seeking a career change or if you're considering going back into the workforce, or if you're in the workforce and you are miserable. There's advice that she's going to offer about how to conduct yourself in an interview, about how to put together your professional brand story about using LinkedIn. Lena is brilliant. She's kind and she is so compassionate and she treats her clients like, like there's just this like warm glow around these one-on-one connections that she's building and really, truly, you get the feel like she's holding your hand through the process. I'm so grateful to Lena. She has helped me personally. We have worked together in the past. She has given me so much advice. I continue to learn from her. I continue to just thoroughly enjoy our deep conversations. She is just a wonderful human. And I'm so glad that she was willing to sit down and share advice with us today. We talk about parenting. We talk about introverts and extroverts, personality profiles, the differences between why people like small talk and why some of us really can't stand it. She's got answers, and you are going to love hearing from her. Stick around. Lelaina Kennedy, welcome to Women Friends.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Janine. I'm so excited to be here.
1: It's, um, we have to, we have to be really on point here because you and I, girl, we can go off and talk for hours. And so we want to, we want to make sure we cover all the important things. Uh, I asked you here as number one, um, you're a career coach and a strategist. And I think that is such a valuable and incredibly powerful thing that women need right now. And the fact that you are at, have a front seat to helping um, career professionals who are really advanced in their careers. Even the, These people are even asking you for advice and how to position themselves online. So you run a company called Profile Impressions. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your work?
0: Yeah. So Janine, I, I'll give you the quick story. My background is in marketing, and uh, I was event planning, all that. In my career, when I had children, I took a step back from my career. But my husband runs an advertising agency, uh, graphic design, web design, and so I started writing for him. And so I took my marketing skills and was writing copy for websites and for you know uh, flyers, marketing pieces, um, things like that. And what I found was when I wrote a website with our client. My favorite piece was the about me page or about us. Mm. And so I loved helping them to tell their story in a way that made sense to their business, to their customers. And then at that time, uh, LinkedIn was really gaining popularity. People were really feeling the pressure to get themselves a LinkedIn profile. And so I started helping our clients with LinkedIn and telling their story there and what i really felt was uh fulfillment in one-on-one so helping people you know helping a is great but helping people to tell their story and seeing very specifically the results that's what really got me inspired to branch out on my own and since then i've been writing linkedin profiles i also do personal websites um i also write resumes, cover letters, that kind of thing, because they often go hand in hand. Um, and then also I work with executives as a ghostwriter uh, to help them promote thought leadership. I also work still with some ad agencies as a freelance copywriter. So I do a lot, really. And sure. what i that's what I love is, again, that common thread is that one-on-one, um, what I really feel you know, I enjoy most and the most value that I can give is to help people to, to tell their story in a way that showcases their strengths. And what I really found was most people had no idea or were humble about their strengths mm-hmm. or even more so because these were natural strengths, they had always done it. it. It just always came natural to them. So people aren't even thinking of it as a strength. It's just like, oh, doesn't everyone do this? And so, you know, me being an outsider, I'm I'm able to give them perspective in a way that uh, you just can't do for yourself.
1: Interesting. So that means you have, you must have to be versed in like so many different industries because I know that. People come to you. Okay, so can you walk us through the process of some yes. somebody wants to make either either find a new job or make a switch or get a promotion? What is what does somebody do when they reach out to you?
0: Well, yes, and you are right, Janine. My clients are in so many different industries, industries I didn't even know existed. Oh. However, what the benefit I have is that I'm looking at their profile resume, um, you know, their online presence, as usually their audience, people who don't know intricately what they do. And so um, the other piece of it is soft skills are, you know, so hard skills, you know, things that are learned, degrees that you've gotten training. So, you know, that's where they really take the lead and can tell me what the, you know, the, the things that are needed on the resume. But the soft skills is where I find people fall short. So the leadership skills, the communication skills, the strategic planning skills, things, again, that some people naturally have a great ability. And then I'm able to help them create that common thread throughout the career story. And, and more often than not, we find something that they've been doing since they were sometimes a little kid mm-hmm. that has led them to that career. And when they can put it into words, um, it it, it makes such an impact, you know, so we're not just regurgitating some buzzwords, we're telling a story about how they, as an engineer, took apart their toys as a little kid to understand how they worked, and decided, you know, how can I put it together in a better way? Mm -hmm. Um, Things like that, that really resonate with other people to give them a real good idea of what their strengths and skills are.
1: I guess it's so common for people to just sort of discount what what their value is and and overlook um, and like you said, people are humble, women and men. It doesn't matter. I, people are so humble. But how can we begin to talk about ourselves that is online uh, professionally? That is a that is not feeling like we're bragging narcissists. What do you can well, you? advise on that?
0: Yes. So you and I have gone through this exercise, but you know, the tool that I use is a Myers-Briggs. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people have taken that back in the 80s, 90s, where they were using it, uh, companies were using it as a hiring tool, which I think is extremely unfair. So Myers-Briggs had gotten a little bit of a bad rap for a while, but where I see it as a useful tool is again, these are clients that I don't know much about when I start working with them. Um, you know, we need to very quickly get some information about their skills. And again, this is not something that they can easily communicate to me. So I use the Myers Briggs, and let's just say we'll use the science behind it mm-hmm. to pull out a personality type. So there are 16 personality types. And then one of the first things we do in our first session is for them, now, I use a an abbreviated version because the the real test has to be administered by a Myers-Briggs certified um, person. And it's like four hours long. So this is a quick, this is a quick 15 minute, like the cosmopolitan guide, Myers-Briggs, but it gives us a starting point to say, okay, so you identified with this personality type. This personality type is known for these strengths. So let's talk about that a little bit, you know? And so even when you and I had done it um, Uh and I know your results were a little bit surprising to you, Uh reading it back though, it really makes sense. Um, It totally makes sense.
1: Yeah. I I was going to say, I did take this a couple of years ago and it, and it was really fun and you specified, don't spend a bunch of time on this, go with your first gut. Answer um, that I think you even say in the instructions it shouldn't take more than like twenty minutes.
0: Fifteen.
1: Fifteen. Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> and when and when you scored it and sent it back to me, it was and I don't remember the the letters, but it was the artist. And it was like yeah. uh, your timelines and and um, organized things don't resonate with you, but it was like you need free time to be able to think and to explore. And I was like. I'll be honest. I was a little disgruntled about that. I was like, really? (laughs) Really? That is not me. I am a serious professional here. This is not, no, I, so, but it has taken a couple of years and I'm looking at myself. I'm going, oh my God, it's totally accurate. It's absolutely spot on.
0: Well, so I do remember what you uh, (laughs) scored as. So the ISFP, and yes, it's called the artisan. And so these are Yes, these are people who live in the moment, enjoy their surroundings, uh, enthusiastic, but low key enthusiasm, which really totally stuck out to me uh, as you because it's such a gentle way, and which is certainly showcased in this podcast.
1: Um, flexible,
0: spontaneous, and like to go with the flow to enjoy what life has to offer. Ooh. And Janine, my friend, that is you. <laughs> Oh,
1: that is really, really, thank you. Thank you. I mean, it, it helps, it helps, it helps me as I think about every career shift that I've had, that I, that I can be okay with um, being one of those people that likes to go with the flow and that can be spontaneous and that that's not a drawback that um, I don't need to market myself on my LinkedIn profile or in a resume as someone who's off the cuff or who's not regimented that that you know it's not a it's not a a a downfall of mine but rather it's something that I can use as a strength and so you're helping people find that and that's so powerful.
0: Thank you yes and I I totally agree with you this is not a label and that's what where the downfall of Myers-Briggs was when people were using this as a hiring tool Um, and one of the big pieces I wanted to talk about um, was the I. So you and I are both eyes Mm -hmm. and you've talked a lot, you know, there's a lot of talk about being an introvert. So the I stands for introvert S is for sensing F is for feeling and P is for perceiving. But the I I find is the most misunderstood because again, label, you know, people sometimes feel labeled that way, but we have to remember too, this is a spectrum. You're not black or white, you know, this or that it's, You know, most people, there's a score to it. So you fall somewhere on the spectrum of introversion, but this does not mean people skills. Introverted is not about I'm good with people, I'm bad with people. What I really take the time to talk to my clients about is this is about where you get your energy. So the introvert, they are energized by their own thoughts, their own ideas. There's a lot going on in the head before anything comes out of the mouth. So this is a person who's able to work independently, able to craft a well thought out response before replying to an answer. So these are the people in a meeting that you might see taking notes, taking it all in, and now they're kind of running it through their internal process before they craft their answer. Now, go ahead.
1: And when someone in, a, in, you're in a meeting and you're an introvert and you're taking your notes and you're processing and you're listening and someone says, um, what do you think about that? And the, and you're in, the spotlight is on you all of a sudden, and it's time to, to respond publicly. Then that's when people like moi just freeze deer in the headlights.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And that. More often than not, it's an extrovert who puts you on the spot because they're caught up in their own energy, and maybe they're just trying to bring you in the conversation. And so things, uh, you know, wording such as, you know, I've been, here are the things that I've taken notes on that I find important about our conversation. I'd like to think about this just a little bit longer before I get back to you, or I'd like to hear some more viewpoints because here's where I'm getting... Uh, caught up in making a decision, you know. So mm. ways that you can explain: I'm not just sitting here tuning you out. I'm not being rude. I'm not unnecessarily quiet. I'm taking this all in. And here are the p- pieces and the points I've found important so far. And I and an extrovert loves when you quote them back. Hey, you know, I really loved, I loved it when you said this, and that really resonated with me. And I'd really like to think some more about that.
1: Oh my God. That's so so brilliant. That's golden right there. Okay. Mimic them back. Just repeat the last thing they said. (laughs) If you can't remember the quote, (laughs) but yeah, Yeah. I love those responses. That's really helpful.
0: Now an extrovert, I think it's really important, um, again, to understand yourself, but also to understand others around you. And so the extrovert, uh, again, it's not that they're loud. It's not that they're obnoxious or trying to steal the spotlight. They get their energy from other people. So they love those meetings. Chances are that manager who calls a two-hour meeting every week is an extrovert. They need the energy of mm-hmm. others to get their creative juices flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're the type of, pe- type of people who in a meeting might say, you know, I'm just thinking out loud here, but what if we? you know, them, their thoughts are the way that they process their thoughts are through speaking. Hmm. So you have to, when, you know, working with a, an extrovert, understand that the stuff coming out of their mouth is them processing. We do it in our heads as introverts, but they are just trying to get that thought out of their head, out of their mouth to uh, think it through. So you know, wow. they do twice as much talking at least, you know, just by their nature.
1: So it may not even be that what they're spilling out of their mouth is necessarily a well thought out, um, the, it's not going to be the way that things are done from now on if they come up with a suggestion. It's just they're they're processing out loud.
0: That's right. That's right. And it's hard if you're a different uh, type to understand, you know, because you think when, when I say something that's what i'm going to do i've already thought it through and as an introvert the other piece of it is it's hard sometimes again because extroverts are used to uh talking out loud just saying you know spouting out ideas seeing what sticks whereas when we've contributed to the conversation we've already thought it out we've thought about it from every angle we've already done the work and when they quickly jump in and say no that's not going to work it's hard not sometimes not to get offended by that because we've done all the work in our head. They just don't know it. They just right. think of it as an idea off the, off the cuff. And so, you know, communication in work, in friendship, in life mm-hmm. is so important. And I think so much of it comes down to sometimes misunderstanding our style.
1: Yeah. What is, by the way, what, what is your Myers Briggs? if you're you're willing to share. Oh,
0: absolutely. So you won't be surprised to hear that. So I am I-N-F-J. And so the name for that one is The Counselor. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. So I feel like I have landed in my life's work for sure.
1: Awesome so you've worked with so many professionals um do you have just it it, like can you look at someone and start and like guess like oh they're a mastermind oh they're a whatever the other times i forget you do you can
0: you can sense it i i like to play that little game uh with (laughs) myself uh, just by their looking at their um profile ahead of time or just in our initial conversation trying to guess and. I have gotten really good at it, uh, even with it's so it's my party trick. It's
1: your superpower
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> which but it helps me to adapt too so when I say a party trick in a new environment, it helps me to really feel out what others uh, what their style might be, and then mimic my conversation and communication to that so. Wow. it it helps me to be a better networker in a place where to take control of where maybe I don't always feel so, uh, secure, you know, don't feel so much like socializing and I hate small talk. So I want to get to the heart of it right away. And that's not everyone is willing to go there. So you have to really find your people who like you and I great conversations where we're talking about real stuff that matters
1: it's amazing
0: to me that there are
1: people who like the small talk I mean do you feel like is that something that people just need to do to feel to gate maybe it is a gauging it is a gauging technique that you just sort of see what someone else is about through I don't know
0: yeah <laughs> uh, well the people who seem to like small talk more often than not are extroverts and they're just getting that energy Mm. So it doesn't matter. Uh, I want to say quantity over quality, and I'm not trying to paint a bad picture for extroverts because my husband is one Mm -hmm. and he can talk to anyone about anything. He walks away with a friend (laughs) when, you know, any interaction, because they've, they've talked a lot about stuff. Uh, whereas I'm more about let's make this personal connection. And it's not going to happen with everyone and it's not going to happen in the span of a five minute interaction at a store. Right. But uh, you know, but, but I do seem to have gotten better at finding what fills me. And so that mm. piece of, uh, so I still, yeah, an introvert still needs connection, but it's just what type of connection. And so part of the INFJ personality is about, forming a deep connection, really getting to the heart of the matter to uncover, you know, kind of uncover through all the clutter, what a person's really about. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, much of what I do in my work, but also in my personal life with my friends. Well, let's
1: get to that. I mean, this must, like you said, it's your party trick. It's your superpower to be able to understand where other people are coming from. And so, That's something I think a lot of us find difficult. I had um a friend of mine recently mentioned to me that what's hard for her, she's an introvert too. And what's hard for her is she kind of it dawned on her that she had been sort of pursuing deep friendships with a couple of women who happen to be very extroverted. They're the life of the party people and they have a million friends. And it and it kind of dawned on her that she was like, oh they are that they are the one person I really am trying to connect with in my life. But I am one of like 35 people who they just randomly sort of see every now and again. Um, And so it was not like a mutual back and forth appreciation. And she recognized that she found herself getting her feelings hurt, but then she realized like, Oh, wait a second. They just have lots of people in their life And I'm just one of those lots of people, but that friend to her really meant a lot. And it was like, well, you're my, you're my really good friend. And I don't have very many good friends. And so um, there's just such a, there can be such a disconnect when we don't understand what each other needs. Um, How, how have you been able to um, develop, develop deep friendships then? So you have the superpower. <laughs> and this party trick. Um, do you have, are you someone who has lots and lots of friends? Or are you are you, do you have a couple just tight connections from a long time ago?
0: Well, so a little bit of both, but in this whole, you know, process you know, the past six years, I've really learned a lot about myself and what I need. So um I my kids are 18 and 15. So I have two boys and they're grown now. And what I realized that when they were younger, a lot of my friend circles were by default, you know, so when you've got kids that are in elementary school, um, in activities, you wind up, your friend circle almost gets picked for you because you're with moms who are lots in common kids, the same age in, you know, this, you're interacting with the same people. And that was, that kept me busy, um, not necessarily fulfilled. Um, yeah. so over the years, what I've really worked at is, uh, you know, not even that it wasn't fulfilling. It was exhausting. Um, mm. you know, just as a, an introvert after all of that interaction, you know, always feeling like you needed to be a part of things. I'd come home and just need to decompress. Mm. You know, I feel that
1: yeah, big that parties are not my
0: thing. What I've been able to do now that I'm not choosing friends or finding friends through my kids, I'm able to focus more on who is this person and how do they, you know, how do we connect? And I have different circles. So there are some very social circles where it's a lot of fun and parties and and laughs. I find that I, uh, limit those types of, um, socializing and, and, you know, with COVID too, socializing just all went, you know, up in the air. And so I'm finding that I'm only bringing back the pieces that really served me well. And that means instead of the big new year's Eve party where we had 40, 50 people, we now have maybe like four couples that we sit around and have some really great conversation. Mm.
1: That sounds lovely
0: and my friends now I I instead of a big group I find that I socialize now better one-on-one maybe a small group of women but we're able to really you know talk about things that uh you know we want to that make us fulfill that make just I felt like I know I feel like I knew them as a person, they know me, they get me, I get them, I can go with them, you know, go to them with problems or issues and, and feel really heard. Mm -hmm. I think that's the piece. That's the piece feeling heard. And to me, that's important. Not maybe not everyone. But, uh, you know, like I said, you wind up finding your people. I think
1: it's so important. Um, This brings up for me, the topic of vulnerability. I've been um, thinking a a whole lot about about that word, not just because Brene Brown talks about it, but she's awesome, you know. But because I'm convinced that in order for there to be a real connection, um, and this may even apply in career stuff, is <clears throat> is ex- exchanging something vulnerable about yourself. Because there's just if 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 I am a watching, a, if I'm engaging with someone who puts on a show that they're just fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm happy career relationship. My children are perfect, whatever. It's like, I'm not buying that. And maybe I'm a cynic, but I, I, I want to see like, where, where is the humanity in you? And, and that makes me open up. Yes.
0: And uh, go ahead. I think you just described the issue I have with social media we're always putting our best selves out there Mm -hmm. and these there might be people I haven't seen for a long time and all I've seen for the past three years is just how wonderful their life is and it occurred to me because that was you know kind of a a turnoff and you know um, it occurred to me that maybe I wasn't being as vulnerable even in social media, I post very rarely, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but of course I was just showing my highlight reel too. And I've been working at, it and it's, it's not easy, but it is to, to put out there, even if it's just the context of like, this is when I was having a really great hair day. I don't always look like this, but I thought this deserved a photo, mm. you know? And, and so, you know, something where it's real, like, okay, yeah, this might be a great photo of me that I'm putting up. But, you know, this is not how I always look, or just, just, uh, and it's about uh, my kids. So kids, that's a big piece, Uh, especially when they were younger, there was some sort of competition with many moms about how great their kids are, and how perfect they are. Mm. And, Although I don't post about my kids on social media, I with my friends, I find that the the people that I can really connect with are the ones that I can go to when my kids have really screwed up. I mean, Mm. they're teenagers. I've got lots to talk about there, but but in a way and and they will honor it in a way that it's not a judgment. Mm -hmm. It's not a well, at least my kids didn't do that. It's a I'm with you oh gosh, that's, you know, this is a really difficult thing. Let's talk this through, or, hey, here's something that happened to me that might help you. But to be able to talk to people about those things that make us real people, you know, um, I don't, yeah, I don't need to hear someone's highlight reel. I want to know what's, you know, what's going on in there and what, you know, let's, Let's explore that. Let's talk about that. And again, I—that's where I sometimes put my career coach hat on mm-hmm. to really dig in. But I, you know, I think that um, it makes me a good listener and a good friend. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and I, I seek out the people who um, kind of reciprocate that.
1: Totally. Oh, you are such a such a golden hearted person. I, so I, I imagine your friendships are very strong. Um, let, let's actually tie that back. I mean, is it to to the career coach hat? Put that back on for a sec. Um, mm-hmm. Is it advisable or not advisable in today's climate? Since you're you're up on the trends of what the hell is going on in the workforce, is it advisable to 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 put the highlight reel though? Like, is there any is there any merit in showing any vulnerability um, in your online professional persona?
0: Uh, That is a great question. So now if we switch from Facebook to LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I I can't. Because it goes back to to the
1: storytelling.
0: Sorry to talk over you. Yeah, it
1: it goes back to the storytelling that you were talking about that it you unfold this package of like this person's life that led to this to love to this gave you this strength. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Yes. Okay. So in that context, thanks for clarifying. So in, in that way, when you're telling your career story, I mean, think about in an interview, what's one of the most popular questions, you know, uh, what's your, you know, what's your biggest weakness, Mm -hmm. right? Some Mm -hmm. sort of flavor of that question usually comes out. Yeah. And so, you know, what is the person across the desk looking for? You know, do they want to know that your bad habits No, what they want to know is what you struggled with and did you recognize it as a struggle and did you take steps to fix it? Mm. And that I think is a part of every career story because the person who is the, you know, the golden employee who just did everything perfect throughout their career and, you know, moved up from this position to this position, to this position, high achiever, that we all know that that doesn't really exist especially in today's climate there are pivots and bumps and layoffs and life that happens and so you know the other piece is that gap in your career yeah so you know here's your resume and there's a whole year between jobs well how do you describe that well you want to be truthful and so i I think more and more employers and people are realizing again and if, if this whole pandemic and you know just working from home and and now the great resignation where people are finding themselves unsettled and moving into a new, new jobs, quitting right. um, their current positions, what that's taught us is that we're people. we have lives we, Sometimes need to take care of an older parent. We may need to take a year off because our children are being, you know, taught virtually, and you know um, they really needed that support. Um, you know, maybe it was you got laid off. Your, you know, your company closed down. But the important piece to back to what we were just saying is that you recognized it as a setback, and what did you do to better yourself? So maybe it's, yeah, you know, I, I, for a whole year, I interviewed at many different companies. I couldn't find the right fit. Uh, I, um, I then decided and, and really took a look at what I liked to do and found that this piece of my work was what I most enjoyed and what I was best at. So I took some online courses to really dive into this area. And that is why I feel like I'm a great fit for your current position because I have honed the skills necessary, but I also have a background in some other things that can really bring value as well. Mm. So, you know, bringing that back to turning it into a positive, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think is is the important piece there.
1: Oh, you're so good at that. I mean, because it really is important right now. I think um, I just read that another on top of the millions of women that left the workforce in 2020, which you, you might assume that like people are getting back into jobs and things, but they said in the CNBC had on um, just in October that in September of this year, another 300,000 women left the workforce, which is yeah. staggering to me. I mean, what's going on? Yeah. I mean, are, are we just, is it just the kids? Is it just the parents or like what else is going on with us?
0: Well, that's the biggest piece of it Uh, over, you know, the whole, the, the, the virtual learning, the, you know, all of those pieces, moms more than dads took ownership of that. Mm -hmm. So that's where you saw a lot of women kind of taking a step back. You know, if there's two incomes, that's where they did some maybe maneuvering so that the mom can stay at home um you know and then i think we're finding that we don't need the new cars we don't need the the big vacations taking in you know personal inventory of what fulfills me and i you know i'm not going to get this time back with my family uh, when i look into the price of a piece of a car and commuting and lunches out and childcare, which was huge. um, You know, what am I really working for? Is there a better way? Is there a different way maybe for me? Uh, For some, that means being able to work virtually, you know, and and, and making some changes there. Um, In many frontline service positions, that's not possible. And so they're rethinking, can I maybe do something different that will allow me to work from home? Or is it just, You know, I'm close to, some of it was, I'm close to retirement. I'm going to take early retirement or I've got health issues and I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, I really can't risk it. So there's a lot of things. Sometimes it's taking care of elderly parents because they are, um, you know, the alternative would be to have them in a facility with high risk. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are shaking loose, but um, I really feel like, especially for women. We're taking a look at like what are we, what are we racing towards? What are we, you know, what is it that we're we're working towards? And in some cases we found it's just, you know, the what we've been told to do or what everyone does. And and so, you know, I think people are forging their own paths. And this is where a lot of people are doing freelance work. Our you know, the gig economy is really growing because people are finding that I've got skills that can help a company, you know, maybe not in a full-time status even, Mm -hmm. but what I can do can help them in a way that fulfills me, still gives me income, but I'm able to also take care of the things I need to take care of in my life.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, We'll do, before we wrap up, because I know you have some high-powered professionals who are waiting for your time, and I appreciate you so much. Can I do a quick lightning round of- of Love it career advice because um, this just ties into exactly what you were just talking about. Do you find that employers, the bigger companies are being more open to the to the gig workers, to the freelancers like the the standard uh, you when you used to just go on indeed and you'd find the job with the giant institution and you had to go through all of those all of those steps in the process to get hired are they more open now?
0: Not as much as I think they should be. So you've got big players like Google that are, you know, Yahoo, I think, or, you know, some of the, the big companies that are allowing people to work from home. Um, but but I, I think it's that mid-range company where, um, you know, they're not quite on board yet. Uh, I think the smaller companies are finding ways to do it. So it's kind of that middle, um, uh, you know, middle-sized companies that I think are still having that hesitation. Things don't change overnight. And in many cases, the hiring process is still drawn out unnecessarily. You know, you should not need to meet more than three times with Mm -hmm. a company. And that's extreme. Mm. But, you know, to find out if you're the right person. Um, So um, the, the answer is yes. I think that there's a lot of conversation that hasn't turned into policy yet. But I think we're headed in a, in a great direction.
1: That's cool. That's cool. Um, real quick too on um, putting a resume together for especially for women who may be listening that have that gap year uh, of of nothing to to. No, no professional experience in the last year or longer. Who've left the workforce and then are going back, Um, putting a resume together again after maybe years of not needing to do that is terrifying, and um, daunting. Is the new trend? Is it really like? Do you have to put your photo on it now? Like, what is? What are the new? No, okay. What do you do?
0: (laughs) Sorry, my body language was saying no to that one, but. Um, so yes, okay, so here's some, some you know, real world advice. Um, you've got a gap more than a year. Yes, it's gonna be the elephant in the room. You wanna address it either in your cover letter. And again, that is taking that, um, you know, negative and turning it into a positive. With the past year, you know, over the past year when I was laid off from my company, I took this as the opportunity to volunteer somewhere to learn some new skills. To, you know, here's what I did with my time. Okay. So you're, you're going to be proactive about that. Um, whether in a cover letter, on your resume, in some instances, I, you know, maybe insert a paragraph there, but, um, you know, or some volunteer work and explain, you know, that this was volunteer work to hone some skills in a specific area. But I also think uh, LinkedIn is a really great place for you to tell your story. So, uh, you're not going to put an entry in of like, you know, unemployed. And I see a lot of people with that, um, Mm. where it just, you know, shows right now, like unemployed and, you know, as an entry and really what it is, is the, uh, your last position kind of in the narrative at the bottom of the story. Like, unfortunately my position was, you know, due to, you know, this, my position was eliminated. You know, so now you're explaining what happened. and now you can put in the next role, you know, after a year of um, you know volunteering and doing this, I landed this role and here's why I took this role specifically because it was you know in my, you know, played to my strengths of so this. So again, you're you're taking control of that and explaining, what it is that you did with that time and and again, how you are better for it coming out,
1: I love that. that's because it's still showing it's still showing your authentic, vulnerable self, but in a way that like you own it and you can be proud of it, and you are showing that you're it didn't diminish you in any kind of way, didn't slow you down yeah. yes, I love that. Lena, you're so brilliant and you're so kind to offer all this time with me. I so appreciate it. Um, I would love to tell people where to find you. I know that that, that may be, you have, you have, your cup is full though. Your cup is, is run a thing <laughs> over it, right?
0: <laughs> I would love, would love connections on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So it's Lelaina Kennedy. Um, I'll put, I'll put everything me. in
1: the show notes. So yeah, go ahead. You go ahead. We'll find you. Yeah.
0: yeah so LinkedIn, I'm, always loving to connect with people. Um, So, you know, you could go to my website, profile-impressions.com, but I'll be honest, I don't use it as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's that personal connection that helps me to find clients. So, um, you know, LinkedIn's the great place to find me and to connect. I'd love it. I'm always open to questions. I'm happy to help especially if you tell me that you're a listener to this podcast. I will happily answer your questions. Oh,
1: you're so kind. And you are really generous with everything that you've that you've helped me out with over the years. And um, with all the advice that you so freely give, you have this gift and you definitely share it with the world. So I am just so grateful for you. Thank you for being here
0: today. Thank you, Janine. This has been great. Oh,
1: Thank you. Take care. You too. Oh, my God. You guys, isn't she fantastic? I, I like, literally physically felt myself unclasping my hand. Like, I felt like she was holding my hand through that whole thing. And that's how she treats her clients. I mean, she'll hold your hand through a career change, which is really terrifying. Believe me. (laughs) I know. Uh, Reach out to Lena on LinkedIn if you are so inspired and you need some, some advice. And, you know, work on that LinkedIn profile. Guys, thank you so much for spending this hour with me. I'm really grateful for your time. I know there's a lot of other things you could be listening to and a lot of other places you could be giving your attention. So I'm so incredibly grateful for your company here. If you love this episode, please subscribe to Women Friends. Join us over on our private Facebook group, too. You can find it uh, just by typing in Women Friends in groups. Uh, But it is private, and so we have some really great conversations. And it would be wonderful to welcome more, more members. I hope you have a wonderful week, and here's to friendship. Bye.